What can help you take advantage of today's low mortgage rates and save money? Rocket can. You could save hundreds of dollars every month by refinancing with Rocket Mortgage at today's near historic low rates. If your current rate is over 4%, with today's low rates, you could lower your payment by over $150 a month, saving thousands in interest every year. With a cash-out refinance from Rocket Mortgage, you could consolidate and pay off high-interest debt, tackle home improvements that could add value to your home, or even set aside cash for your child's future education. We've already helped over 1 million clients just like you reach their home financing goals this year alone. So remember this, what can give you the technology to refinance easily and save money? Rocket can. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. That's 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. Savings are based on quick loans, internal data, points and fees may apply. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing letter, license in all 50 states, analysts, consumer access.org, number 330. We're in a battle for America's soul. Liberty is at risk. It's time to speak up. Welcome to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot, Brooke Says. For years, Brooke's been behind the scenes, helping conservative leaders articulate a vision for a better America. Now, she's front and center, and the mic is hot. Here is your host, Brooke Says. Hello, hello. Welcome to Brooke Talks America, where we discuss politics and culture from a conservative perspective unapologetically so each and every time. I'm your host, Brooke Says, conservative patriot, here with my co-host, Colonel Jim, also a conservative patriot. Make sure you check out the Facebook, Twitter, email me if you have any questions, and of course, to say you love the show. And check out the website, brooktalksamerica.com, Brooke with an E. If you'd like to partner with the, me and be a sponsor of the show, promote your business in a place that... Uh, other conservatives are and purchasers of things. Let me know about that. And if you'd like to donate, you can go do that on the website. From Hot Topics to History, you know the deal. You can be sure if it's happening in America, I will be talking about it as always. You can listen to archived podcasts of the show if you missed it on my website. Also, I'm on Captain's America Third Watch every first and third Tuesday morning at 5.30 a.m. on this station, Salem Media Group, AM860, The Answer. My podcast is available on iHeart, Apple, Amazon, Spotify, and Podomatic. Also, I have an app, which you can find on the Play Store. So my latest article is Fauci, the world's most dangerous fraud. To be sure, I go hard on Fauci in the article. So if you're delicate, you may get the vapors, okay? Fauci, that elf on a shelf garden gnome, has not only been wrong on everything, but is shown to have deliberately lied to the American people while bowing to the and covering, for, bowing to and covering for communist China. As head of the Centers for Disease Control, which I call the Center for uh, Coronavirus Dissent, Information Center. He is the world's director of operations and response to the to the uh, pandemic. Everyone around the globe takes their cues from him. He's dangerous, destructive force for liberty loving people. So make sure you check it out on brooktalksamerica.com and share it with your friends. So let's get to the jelly. My guest today is Congresswoman Kat Kamick, who proudly serves Florida's third congressional district as the youngest Republican woman in the 117th Congress. Go Kat. She is a third generation sandblaster who grew up in a Ranch and understands the hard work and determination it takes to run a small business, navigating labor challenges, interpreting regulation, and more. She's a proud alumna of the Naval War College. Awesome. She knows the issues and constituents of Florida's third intimately, having served as a longtime former 
Deputy Director, Deputy Chief of Staff for the prior district prior to her election in 2020. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Kat is a proud wife to her husband, Matt, a Gainesville native who serves with the Gainesville Fire Department as a fire, firefighter, paramedic and SWAT medic. With that, I'd like to welcome Kat. Thank you for coming on to the show. Hey, Brooke. Great to be with you guys. Absolutely. So uh, we want to get a little uh, a little bit about how you got into politics. As I mentioned, you were working there before, and you worked for Ted Yoho, who deliciously mm-hmm. went after the bubblehead from the Bronx, Comrade Cortez, <laughs> which is so delicious. And I was like, don't apologize, don't apologize. So you spoke to the Hillsborough wreck and threw a little shade. Love it. At the reps who are always on TV, but don't actually get a lot done. We know who they are. And by the way, the bubblehead has been um, exposed as the least effective member of Congress, which is very funny because that's not really what she wants to do. She wants to be a celebrity. But um, so people like you and others like you are doing the grunt work. I like that truth. Uh, I do believe that they're all Types needed on the team. You need the coach and the comms as well as the quarterback and the guards. But still, it's important to know who the people are that are doing stuff. And that's you. So talk about that. Well, absolutely. You know, uh, politics was never really in my future. So I kind of came into this really through having lost everything. You know, my family, we lost our our ranch to a failed Obama-era housing program. program. Uh Exactly 10 years to the month. Um, I was reflecting on that the other day, that mm. it's been exactly 10 years since we found out we were losing everything. And it was really just a failure of government, failure of, of politicians to read the bills that they were voting on. And uh, it's not anything that, you know, we signed up for. It, it was something that, you know, incentivized big banks to push people out of their homes because they figured out it was much more lucrative to uh, take the tax credits and, and the incentives from the big government um, rather than try to save people's loans. Yeah. And so... That, that's how I ended up in politics. But, you know, I, I've for the last 10 years served as a deputy chief of staff for my district here in north central Florida. And, of course, I've seen the behind the scenes. But now being a member, I'm four months on the job and I've had the opportunity to build relationships with other members and really see it on the House floor up close and personal. And what I've seen in the last four months has really led me to this conclusion that there are three or four types of, of members of Congress or politicians, <laughs> if you will. There's, there's the broadcasters, right? And, and they're the ones that are out on the TV and, mm-hmm. and on social media. And, and my gosh, they're out there just leading the charge. And, and if you believed every word that they said, they were single-handedly an army of one doing it by themselves. And God bless them. They're out there rallying the troops. And, and you know what? They serve a purpose. Mm-hmm. But they are the least effective members <laughs> because they don't actually get anything done. Um, I can think of probably two dozen right now um, that, you know, they talk a good game. But, you know, when you actually dig into the facts, they just, you know, they're, they're, it's, all, it's all talk and, and no action. And they, and they, look, good. they look good, but we know who they are. Anyways, go ahead. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, and, and then you look at the, the people that are super behind the scenes. You know, they're, they're the architects. I call them the architects because they build. Mm-hmm. They're the institutionalists, the ones that really want to, behind the scenes, craft what's going on. And, and I've met a few of them in, in Congress, and you'll never see them on the news. I've actually kind of tested my theory by asking if people know who was behind building the Space Force. And they're like, well, it was Donald Trump. And I said, he sold 
the, the Space Force, and he had the, the, the fortitude to push it through. But there was a member of Congress by the name of Mike Rogers who actually was building it years very quietly behind the scenes, mm. and he actually pitched it to President Trump. And but no one ever knows that. Yeah. And so I call I call folks like that the architects. And then you got a third group, and these are the brokers. And the brokers I consider hybrids. They do a little bit of both. But more importantly than being out there doing the news and telling the story and then building it on on the side, they're bringing the two groups together because naturally the architects are the introverts. The, mm-hmm. the broadcaster, the extroverts, and you need people who are going to introduce the two, right, at, at the party. And and so I really found that there's those three types. And then, you know, of course, we all know that there's that fourth group that we really have no use for. And, and it exists on the both sides, Republicans and Democrats mm-hmm. in the Republican circles. We call them rhinos. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> change. But, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think that there's there's a role really for everyone to play. And and it's just important that I think as we, we move he- – head on towards the midterms and taking the House back and then in four years taking the White House back. We really have to think about things in these terms because you need all of these players to be at the table. You can't have nothing but broadcasters. You can't have mm-hmm. all architects. You can't have all brokers. you got to have them all because that's, that's how it, it really works. And so I tell people all the time it's frustrating when you feel like you're, you're seeing a lot of talk and no action or if there's a lot of things happening and no one's talking about it, that's frustrating. That's why you need all three. Well, it's also, though, you know, I mentioned Cheney is like you kind of need the people that are actually going to represent the people that voted for them and not go against them, too. So I say you can have all of those types, but have them the most conservative possible then, because and hopefully not neocon warmongers, just saying. Right. Yeah. Right. And and I tell people all the time, I say, you know, I'm. I'm an American first, a conservative second, and a Republican third. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I think that there's a lot of people that wave the Republican flag that really don't believe in the Constitution or they don't understand the Constitution. Mm -hmm. And and that's a problem in my book. So that's why I campaigned as a constitutional conservative um, and an American first, because I do think that we have Republicans that really do not understand the role of, of the federal government, quite frankly. Right. And they also, you know, like I was watching someone, I don't remember, it might have been Asa Hutchinson. It was someone was talking about, oh, I'm a Republican. It might have been McConnell. It's like I vote Republican, but what I am is a constitutional Mm -hmm. conservative, too. And it's it's like Trump has uh, President Trump has exposed both with his candidacy and his presidency, how the people that are supposedly Republicans, they kind of really don't care about their voters that much. It seems, you know, not all of them, of course, but they they don't you know, I don't think Mitch McConnell really cares about his voters at all. And all these people that went in there that didn't want to stand up for President Trump, you know, while he was in office. I mean, Paul, Paul Ryan, just imagine how much forward off the ledge this country would be if the Republicans that were elected by Republicans actually stood up for the president that those Republicans elected. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's a shame. And, and I, I get people's frustration. I'm, I'm one of those people that's been exceptionally frustrated with the way things have been going. When we had the, the, the House, the yeah. Senate, and the White House, we had an opportunity to lead, and we failed. Yeah. And, and by we, I mean Republicans. I wish I had been in office then because I would have been railing at that moment of, hey, we've been given an opportunity to lead. Let's show the American people that we deserve their, their trust in this moment to do what we were sent to Washington to do. But 
obviously I wasn't a member then, but, you know, we have an opportunity now to really push back and fight back against this ultra-liberal, radical left agenda that is playing out in front of our eyes. Yes, and we, and, and to replace the people that talk a good game and that don't actually do the things that they campaign on, because that's really, you know, I talk about this all the time in the show. I, I know who Democrats are, okay? So I, I, I complain about them and everything, but the Republicans are supposed to stand for something, and, and too often they disappoint the people that give them money, yeah. vote for them. You know, they go on the cruises, right? See, the people like Bill Crystal, they want to go on the cruises and they want to have the, you know, the think tanks and stuff, but they don't actually believe it or else they would have supported President Trump. But we are going to be heading into a break, and when we come back, I have a couple issues. I want to see what you are doing while you are working behind the scenes as a— um, as a congresswoman up there in D.C., the swamp. So you're listening to Brook Talks America. I'm here with Kat Kamek, and we will be right back. More Brook Talks America coming up. To Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Connect by email. Info at brooktalksamerica.com. Here's Brooke Says. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Kat Kamick of Florida's third, right? That's right. Right. The Go. fighting third. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what? So I had Joe Kent on from Washington's third on my show last week, and hopefully he will be joining. He's Greenberg. Hopefully he will be joining you very shortly to replace a Rhino Butler uh, who voted to impeach Trump. So hopefully he will be in there yes. with you. Um, what are you? What yeah. is going on now? Like, what are you working on? I, ha- I know you have two things um, that you're working on. One is the discharge p- petition, and I want you to just to explain briefly what yeah. that means of the uh, born alive bill to to get it to the floor for a vote that you need seven Democrats. Yes. So um, the pro-life issue is very personal to me. You know, uh, very quickly, my mom, when she was 27 years old, pregnant with my sister, she suffered a pretty terrible stroke that left her paralyzed. She had to learn how to walk again. Um, and mm. at that time, doctors told her she would never be able to have kids again. So years later, when she got pregnant with me, uh, she hid it for as long as she could. And then when she started showing, you know, her family, my grandparents came down on her pretty hard and said, you know, do you want to die? And the doctors were urging her, please get an abortion. You won't survive this. Wow. The baby won't survive this. And, and she chose life. And, and so for me, this issue is very personal. And um, so I've, I've made it a point to really try to be a champion for those most vulnerable among us. And, and that is, you know, babies in the womb. Mm-hmm. And so there's a bill called the Born Alive Bill. Ann Wagner has been a champion of this. And um, the problem is, is right now we're not in the, the majority. We're in the minority. And so Nancy Pelosi controls what bills actually come to the House floor for a vote. And this Born Alive Bill is basically saying if a infant survives mm-hmm. an abortion attempt and is outside of the womb alive, the doctors have to do everything they can to save it instead of kill it. Because outside the womb, inside the womb, I still consider it murder, but mm-hmm. 
they 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 do not have a law that says that they have to actively work to save this child's life. And to me, this is not an abortion issue at this point. Right. This is just a basic decent human being issue. And so we have a procedure called a discharge petition, which means that you can file this petition to bypass the speaker, bypass the committee process. And if you get 218 signatures saying, yes, we just want to bring this to the floor for a vote. Just it's not for even the discussion. Actual they won't even have the discussion yeah, exactly. about it. Exactly. Yeah. It's just to bring it up for a vote, which triggers the discussion that we need to have mm-hmm. of, are we going to live in a country and have a country that is okay with doctors killing babies mm. that have survived abortion attempts? That's it. And so we have a plan. We're, we're bringing this, this discharge petition to the House floor. I'm filing it. And uh, we are going to have a conga line of, mm-hmm. of members signing this petition. And I am actively working right now to find seven Democrats that will sign this petition just to begin the conversation on the House floor. And I believe that we can do that because if they can't even have enough intestinal fortitude to put their name down that says, yeah, you know, this is something we should at least have a discussion about. You best believe I'm going to take the fight to their district and say, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on this, but you chicken crap, you know, how dare you not even be willing to have a discussion about protecting infants that have survived abortions? I mean, that's just insane to me. So it's disgusting. And and that's why we're really fighting hard to make sure that this this piece of legislation has a true shot at passing the House and and getting a vote um, on the House floor. So that's something that we're working on that's coming up actually this coming week. Really excited about that. It'll be the first real significant um, piece of legislation on pro-life movement uh, in, in like a decade. So we're very excited about that. Very Beyond good. that, uh, we're working on reining in uh, an overreaching uh, administration through the Reigns Act. We're working on uh, border security. I just returned from the border a couple days ago. I'm heading back shortly. And we're also working on a lot of uh, law enforcement support legislation. After all, uh, H.R. 1280, that was the Justice and Policing Act that uh, the Democrats just recently put out and passed the House. And of course, as the wife of a first responder, this is very personal to me that this bill was taking critical life-saving equipment off our first responders' back, redirecting funds from these police grants to the ACLU and the NAACP. Mm, it's unbelievable. That's unconscionable. Yeah. Absolutely unconscionable. So these are some of the things that we're working on, really trying to uh, protect our, our constitutional rights and, and our borders. And it, it, it's a mess up there. But we're, we as, as, as conservatives, we're used to doing the impossible. We like, we like that, that gritty fight and we're taking it on. Yeah. Well, and I wanted to, you know, we're going to talk and talk about some action items and, and more about the border. You know, I want to talk to you because we talked before uh, earlier today and I am obviously very active on social media and watch Twitter and what's going on. And I have seen it personally. So I want to have like, you know, honest conversation about the issue is the only people in America Okay, that support law enforcement is the conservative are the conservatives is the right. The the Democrats only support like three cops in the in the country. And that's when they meet their narrative. Okay, so like, they, you know, the the guy from January 6th, they like him because he can they can use him for their narrative. But they want, you know, to defund the rest of them. But here's the thing. The law enforcement arm of 
during these lockdowns has been atrocious. Some of the things that they've mm-hmm. done, you know, we are the people that are back the blue, but there, some of the people that are, you know, that have a badge and a gun are, are arresting people for stupid things. And that is making the only people that support them angry. And you can go on Twitter and, and, and some conservative influencers talk about this. And now you have this, Biden ap- appointing the guy for the ATF, the Waco killer, and then you have, you know, Comey, the uh, DOJ, those are law enforcement agencies, and they're not, mm-hmm. they're acting against the people. So something I think that, you know, and they had a, a pregnant woman in Dallas. Now, that was the pastor that said, you know, to get her out, but it was cops that are doing this, arresting people, surfing on the beach. They're arresting people that are, uh, you know, playing softball with the daughter. This is not a good look. So I, I think that there's something like that's it's making people angry. And I'm just going to be honest about that is like they it's not constitutional. The lockdowns are not constitutional anyways, you know. Right. Right. And, then, you know, that's the tough thing. And, and I've seen it firsthand. My, my husband is a 14 year veteran of, you know, his his department. And um, I represent a very, very liberal county and city, you know, Gainesville, it's the Berkeley of the East, it's a university town. Mm. And we have, you know, a, a mayor and a commission that are extremely liberal. They they want mandatory masks, mandatory fines for masks. And these departments are really beholden, you know, our police department, Gainesville PD, they're beholden to the, the, the mayor and, and everything that, you know, guides their funding. And it's really a shame because I know so many of our officers they feel like they're caught between a, a rock yeah. and a hard place because their job is not to make the laws, it's to enforce the laws. And when you get down to the really local level where you've got people in charge that want this one world order, they want, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a, a government utopia that is supposed to be dictating people how and when and, and, and basically all aspects of a person's life. And they want a Gestapo. I'm sorry I said it. Yeah. 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 I mean, and it's, it's really, it's really unfair. Now, of course, you know, I, I've said before publicly on the House floor, there's nothing that a good cop uh, hates more than a bad cop. Right. Nothing. You know, and there's bad apples out there that, you know, I, I think have have taken uh, a, a little bit of a power trip before. Sure. But our, our men and women in uniform, I will stand with them any day of the week because they have a really, really tough job. And when you have administrations that are putting pressure on them, you look at you look at um, what Secretary Mayorkas is doing, the head of the DHS. Sick. He has zero regard for human life, for our national security. And, you know, they're trying to be a law enforcement agency. And they're doing a piss poor job of it. It's just awful. It's embarrassing. And you talk about the FBI. Absolutely. These are law enforcement agencies, but they are getting their No, it's the people um, at the top. I'm, I'm, I'm just, exactly, you know, yes, exactly, I get that. Right. And that, you know, and I, I don't, I think, like I said, I know that there's, there's instances, you, you touched on the ATF. You know, yeah, Waco people are guy. really upset that about that. It, it is. And it's just, it's wild to me. And that's why people, when I talk to folks, you know, listen, I know life gets busy and you got to go from work to home and home to work and, and everything in between. If people pop up and just kind of look around at what's happening, they would be outraged. Mm-hmm. But they're not, you know, they kind of keep their head in the sand. And, they have and it's really the directive from the top. Yeah, it's, it's the directive <laughs> from the top. It's, it's this culture. Um, I mean, look at look at the, uh, what Biden's doing, you know, and his son. Yeah. It, it, totally above the law. Nothing. It's ruled for thee, but not for, you know, me. And, and that is the culture that they're perpetuating. 
Yeah. So it's just, you know, and again, you know, we I just talk honestly about stuff and I just wanted to throw it out there, particularly because you are both a representative in Congress and also the wife of a you know law enforcement. These are just things that people are talking about. And it's, you know, as with him, I think they're, they're really going crazy about the guy that the, uh, you know, the ATF guy. So um, what would you recommend? I know that, you know, for action items, I know that. Each constituent that calls represents X amount of uh, people that don't call, right? We don't know what that number is. But what would you recommend? You know, we talked earlier. You said that the – because I had heard emails was best – were best. But you say that shutting – the best action item you could possibly do is to shut down the Capitol switchboard. And and you have experience at that not only as a congresswoman but before. Talk about that. Yes. Yes. So – you know, I, I tell people all the time, we need your help. You know, uh, members that are really fighting the fight up there, we need everyday Americans to help us. And you can do that best by calling members of Congress and shutting down the Capitol switchboard, flood the phone line. If a team in Washington and in the district, if they can do nothing but answer the calls, that's going to get the members' attention. Emails can be disregarded. Faxes can be shoved to the side. Mm. Phone calls are the most effective way for the American people's voice to be heard because when you shut down the Capitol switchboard, things happen. It's incredible, and I've seen it firsthand a couple of times. Things happen. Members change their minds. All of a sudden, they feel that pressure. That's why it's so important to constantly be in contact with your member of Congress. Let them know where you stand. Yeah. Well, and very quickly, so you went to the border um, and you called Biden the trafficker in chief. And I know that that made the left completely (laughs) crazy, which I absolutely love it. People need to understand the Democrats, the liberals, particularly the, you know, the Karen White liberals. I'm sorry. I always say the truth. They think that they are good and virtuous people. But we it is cruel and inhumane what they support Mm -hmm. with this open borders Mm -hmm. agenda. Okay, so people need to call them cruel and inhumane. It's A, going to make them crazy, and B, it's going to expose that they don't actually care. They just want voters. So talk very quickly about your trip to the border. Yeah, I I was down there uh, earlier in the week. It's it's horrific. There's no other way to put it. Um, I I personally, myself, I talked with young kids, um, a 14-year-old and a 9-year-old, um, and they had both been gang raped. The oh nine-year-old, she couldn't even talk. Uh, and when I couldn't really hear her, the border agent told me that they had picked her up in the field and her vocal cords had given out because she had been screaming so loud. Yeah, it I is can't. unconscionable what is happening. And the fact that the administration knows this, they're getting daily reports of record-breaking numbers of apprehensions coming across, 3,000 a day mm-hmm. that we're seeing. This is If you know what's going on and you're hearing these stories and you're doing absolutely nothing about it, you become complicit. So, no, he's not commander-in-chief. He's trafficker-in-chief. And Cortez is not crying so much anymore, is she? It's very interesting. She's radio silence on this after her little stunt at the border. You know, the empty parking lot. It's just ridiculous. But absolutely, I want to thank you for coming on the show. And again, you know, uh, where can people find you? Uh, check us out on all our social media links, uh, Rep Cat Camac, Cat with a K, Camac with a C, and um, we are always communicating on social media. You can also sign up for our e-newsletter at camac.house.gov, and we put out content regularly. It's unfiltered. It's about as raw as you can get. Love it. Uh, so please check us out there. All right, great. Well, thanks so much, Cat, for coming on the show. Keep up the great work. We support you here from Central Florida, Tampa area.
Thank you much. Have a good one. Absolutely. You're listening to Brook Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, and we will be right back. More Brook Talks America coming up. the Cuban Missile Crisis and Americans' fear of war, President John F. Kennedy shared an inspirational 1961 inaugural address. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. Kennedy stated, and I quote, The torch has been passed to a new generation of Americans born in this century tempered by war, disciplined by hard and bitter peace, proud of our ancient heritage, and unwilling to witness or permit the slow undoing of those human rights to which this nation has always been committed. In the long history of the world, only a few generations have been granted the role of defending freedom in its hour of maximum danger. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And the glow from that fire can only light the world. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. With a good conscience, our only sure reward with history, the final judge of our deeds, let us go forth to lead the land we love, asking his blessing and his help, but knowing that here on earth, God's work must truly be our own, unquote. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Check out the blog at brooktalksamerica.com. Here's Brooke Says. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, and excellent Ron Edwards notebook as always. This segment is brought to you by GDSM Productions, creative expressions through breathtaking designs. Since its inception in 1993, GDSM Productions clients have included many publicly held corporations as well as small and mid-sized startups. With over 25 years experience, she gets the job done on day one. Visit uh, visit her Facebook page at Facebook we got to start that again. You can fix it. Visit her Facebook page, GDSM Productions, to get connected and get a quote on your upcoming project. So because the coronavirus never goes away like a bad rash, if you needed more proof that McConnell simply doesn't care about the American people or anything other than living out his final days as a senator comfortable off the fruits of his grift, yeah, I said it, here's what he had to say about the garden gnome. I'm just curious if you still have total confidence in Dr. Fauci, as you said um, several months ago. Yeah, I, I, I think he's the, the principal person we've relied on the last couple of years. Uh, that's become somewhat controversial, I gather. But we have to take advice from somebody and from myself. <clears throat> Looking at his history and background, uh, he's the most reliable witness I've seen. Yeah, but no. Fraud Fauci is about as trustworthy as a schizophrenic on a lie detector test? I don't think so. Read my article about him. Yes, I'm rough, and I go there. 
I don't apologize for it because someone else to call this menace out. Seriously, you got to look on social media and see what these liberals are preening about, about their Fauci ouchie. It's nauseating and disgusting. And Peter Navarro shares my view. It became very clear that the decision we made on January the 10th to go all out and develop a vaccine, we have a number of vaccine candidates, may have been the best decision that I've ever made with regard to an intervention as the director of the Institute. All right, a quick reaction to that. I know that's got to be steaming you, Peter. Fauci is a sociopath and a liar. He had nothing to do with the vaccine. The father of the vaccine is Donald J. Trump. What is Fauci the father of? Fauci's the father of the actual virus. Fauci's the guy. This virus, according to Bob Redfield at the Centers for Disease Control, came from the Wuhan lab. And basically, we had Fauci not only funding that lab with American taxpayer dollars, he authorized this thing called gain-of-function research. He allowed the Chinese Communist Party, the People's Liberation Army, to genetically engineer a virus using gain-of-function. I call it the Fauci virus now. If he wants to be the father of something, he's the father of the virus that's killed over half a million Americans. There are definitely a lot of questions, and here's the other part. So the communists, they always say, Salivate for power. They're talking about what? Papers, please. Not for the illegal aliens. They're welcoming with open arms and shipping all over the country, right? Remember when Trump, when they went crazy over Trump saying voter ID, right? Papers, please. Or citizenship? No. But they they want it for you, okay? The American citizens who pay their ta- their salary. Ron uh, Ron Paul talked about it. He says, "Hope you know this will. Hopefully, this will be enough." I'm not going to play the clip, but you can go listen to it because it's really good. You know, he's a liberty guy. I will not be getting the vaccine, nor will I be getting a vaccine passport. Okay, so now to Florida because it's awesome and free. The free state of Florida and the communist left hates freedom for you. They're going hard after our awesome Governor DeSantis. Here's what Sagar on Jetty on MSNBC calling out: sixty minutes. Obvious manipulation of the interview. We must defang the mainstream media. I'm just not sure how, but listen to this. We wanted to ask Governor DeSantis about the deal, but he declined our request for an interview. We caught up with him south of Orlando. Publix, as you know, donated $100,000 to your campaign, and then you rewarded them with the exclusive rights to distribute the vaccination in So Palm first Beach. of all, that, what you're saying is wrong. How, how is that not pay to that, play? That's a fake narrative. I met with the county mayor, I met with the administrator, I met with all the folks at Palm Beach County, and I said, here's some of the options. We can do more drive-through sites, we can give more to hospitals, we can do the publics. And they said, we think that would be the easiest thing for our residents. But Melissa McKinley, the county commissioner in the Glades, told us the governor never met with her about the public's deal. The criticism is that it's pay to play, It's wrong, it's wrong, it's a fake narrative. I just disabused you of the narrative, and you don't care about the facts, because obviously I laid it out for you in a way that is irrefutable. And so it's clearly not. Isn't there the nearest public? No, 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 you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Wow. Okay. So DeSantis just shattered her down. He said he met with some people, 60 Minutes interviewed one person who said it wasn't true, and then he got all Trumpy, and he shut it down. It looks bad for him, right? Yeah, except that's not what happened. 60 Minutes edited down DeSantis' answer to a question in which he actually gave a pretty lengthy explanation of how Publix was not first and how they even arrived at the decision and more. Take a listen to the full, unedited response. It's long, but it's important context. 
So first of all, that, what you're saying is wrong. That's, that, that's a fake narrative. So first of all, when we did the, the first pharmacies that had it were CVS and Walgreens, and they had a long-term care mission. So they were going to the long-term care facilities. They got vaccine in the middle of December. They started going to the long-term care facilities the third week of December to do LTCs. So that was their mission. That was very important, and we trusted them to do that. As we got into January, we wanted to expand the distribution points. So, yes, you had the counties. You had some drive through sites. You had hospitals that were doing a lot. But we wanted to get it into communities more. So we reached out to other retail pharmacies, Publix, Walmart. Obviously, CVS and Walgreens had to finish that mission. And we said, we're going we're gonna to use you as soon as you're done with that. For the Publix, they were the first one to raise their hand, say they were ready to go. And you know what? We did it on a trial basis. I had three counties. I actually showed up that weekend and talked to seniors across four different publics. How was the experience? Is this good? Should you think this is a way to go? And it was 100% positive, so we expanded it, and then folks liked it. And I can tell you, if you look at a place like Palm Beach County, they were kind of struggling at first in terms of the senior numbers. I went, I met with the county mayor, I met with the administrator, I met with all the folks at Palm Beach County, and I said, Here's some of the options. We can do more drive-through sites. We can give more to hospitals. We can do the publics. We can do this. They calculated that 90% of their seniors live within a mile and a half of a publics. And they said, we think that would be the easiest thing for our residents. So we did that. And what ended up happening was you had 65 publics in Palm Beach. Palm Beach is one of the biggest counties, one of the most elderly counties. We've done almost 75% of the seniors in Palm Beach. And the reason is because you had the strong retail footprint. So our uh, way has been multifaceted. It has worked. And we're also now very much expanding CVS and Walgreens now that they've completed the long-term care mission. That looks pretty different, huh? Than what 60 Minutes put together. Yeah, a lot different. Booyah, don't mess with Ron. Don't mess with Ron. They call him a computer, okay? So don't even try it. That's my that's my governor and future president, I'm sure. Now, Tucker, you know, remember uh, they celebrate, uh, quote-unquote, Insurrection Day, the left does, because they think, you know, it obviously helps them uh, in their narrative. But here's a great segment with Tucker talking about, you know, the, the teens who killed that guy in the car crash after they stole the car, right, are getting a plea deal. It's absolutely disgusting. Not so much for the Chewbacca guy. But here's a really great uh, clip with Tucker talking about that with her. They're young, for sure. But they did something awful. They're not being treated that way. They got a plea deal. According to news accounts, they will be released as soon as they turn 21, maybe earlier. There's a good chance that Chewbacca guy will spend more time in jail for trespassing with an American flag than the people who killed Mohammed Anwar will spend for murder. And that's not an accident, actually, this disproportionate treatment of crimes. If you're an autocrat, the biggest threat isn't people who commit actual violence. You can use them as your shock troops, and the people who run our country certainly have. The biggest threat to you if you're an autocrat is people who mock you and don't take you seriously and sneer at you. You want them in prison, and they're putting them in prison. Candace Owens is the host of Candace. She joins us tonight. Candace, it's great to see you tonight. You just can't help but notice, and this is once again for the 120th time, not an endorsement of trespassing or blowing past cops or hitting cops or anything like that that happened on January 6th. However, if you're putting people in jail indefinitely for meandering through a building that all of us have a claim on the Capitol and letting murderers go free, maybe your agenda isn't law and order or justice. 
Yeah, of course their agenda is not law and, law and order or justice. And I can tell you uh, specifically as somebody who lived in Washington, D.C., who lives in Washington, D.C. over the last three years, uh, during the summer, Tucker, D.C. burned for six weeks because of the George Floyd protests. People's their private businesses were invaded. There was looting. There was rioting. You couldn't go outside. You had to worry every day. We had to wonder, is our car going to be smashed? Every day you woke up and there were more issues because the Democrats were basically saying, it's fine. Black Americans are allowed to run over and do what they want because George Floyd died in Minnesota. Now, what did those black Americans get? Uh, well, they got a bunch of celebrities that were basically rallying to make sure that they could get them out of prison. They were saying, let's pay their bail. The mayor of D.C. actually painted uh, an entire district, an entire street, pardon, uh, Black Lives Matter Plaza. We now have a Black Lives Matter Plaza. They were awarded for their bad behavior. So if you're wondering why these young girls think they can go up to an Uber driver and do this sort of a thing on camera and they don't expect to get in trouble, because we have a system that has told them that they are not supposed to get in trouble because violence and anger is understandable if you're a black American. And you look at the Capitol riots. I remember actually getting phone calls from my parents and saying, are you okay? What's going on, Candace? What's going on? Is everything okay? Because they were watching the media and not realizing that it didn't even register. On a scale of one to Black Lives Matter, what happened in D.C. was virtually nothing on, on, on January 6th. And I could not believe the overreaction. You want to know what it was like in D.C.? Also, during Brett Kavanaugh hearings, I was there. Also, absolute madness. Why wasn't that called an insurrection? Didn't we have rabid feminists storming into the building, chasing down senators? You want to talk about AOC saying, Ted Cruz almost murdered me? What about all those rabid feminists that are wearing that were hunting down people, storming into Chuck Grassley's office. You remember, they had a sit-in inside of his office saying, this man, we cannot have Brett Kavanaugh. Let me tell you, I'm a survivor running at these people into elevators. And yet it was not called an insurrection. It was called what? A mostly peaceful protest. These people are understand understandable. They were just trying to vent their concerns about the direction in which America was going into. It is a double standard. It's a sinister double standard. What happened on January 6th was, to me, the Reichstag fire happening all over again in America. Democrats use it to consolidate power and to trample over the civil rights of half of the country because they want to make sure that they have no political adversaries going forward. You see that? By the way, in Tampa, there were two teenagers drag racing and they killed a woman and her two-year-old baby. And one of them was sentenced to six years. The other was, was sentenced yesterday to 24 years, rightfully so. Those girls need to be getting a much harsher sentence it's absolutely disgusting. And by the way, Hunter Parmesan's laptop has all kind of stuff on it that could be considered probably child porn, and nothing's going to happen to him. So again, unequal justice does not make the citizens happy. Seriously. This is Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, and we will be right back with Colonel Jim. More Brooke Talks America coming up. America. Visit on Facebook. Search Brooke Talks. And now, your host, Brooke Says. Says here with Colonel Jim. And lots of stuff going on, Jim. You see what I said about Parmesan's laptop? Isn't it amazing how we he, he's going around on TV with that, you know, he must have been out of it when he got that shade of just for men. 
that he's had as it on his head and his eyebrows. I'm just saying. I just can't get over this guy's going on TV, mocking the American people by having interviews and they're running cover for him and everybody else is going to jail. Well, it's he's crazy. promoting his new book. Yeah, but it's just ridiculous. Anyways, so on the border, we talked about with uh, Kat, you know, uh, he's sending – the irony of ironies, especially after I talked about Comrade Cortez with her little stupid stunt at the border in the um, Mujeres de – um, Blanco, right? Her outfit, okay? Where is he sending the, the people? Unbelievable. You know, this this just came out this week, and, you know, we got a good report from Congresswoman Kat Kamek a little while ago. Now they are opening up World War II era concentration camps that we used for the Japanese to send kids to are this is this is insane i mean are you serious i mean i can't wait for the ridicule to come out on this over the weekend um because this is this is just more and guess where the concentration camps are of course they're in california so you know they're gonna say all kinds of reasons of why they're doing it and you know for for a fact this has already been a coordinated effort here's the big problem they have lost total control. They're doing this because they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. It's so overwhelming. And you heard the stories from, from Congresswoman Kamek, what's going on, kids being gang raped and everything. They've lost control. Yeah. It's insane. And they've got to do something about it. And this is their, this is their reaction. This is their solution. It's, it's incredible. The other thing that's going on is because they've lost control, now they're talking about sending money <laughs> to the countries where they're coming from and say, here, take who knows what it's going to be, $15,000 or whatever. Don't come now. Here's the simple solution. Donald Trump had it. Yeah. Shut the border. Shut the border. Seal it. Offer nothing. They'll stop coming. This is what Donald Trump did. The reason, and we all know why they want to keep this going, it's all about votes. They're hoping yep. they're hoping that these people will be allowed to vote and that will help them win elections fair and square like we just saw in 2020, right? Yeah. That's what it's all about. Not so fair and square. Yeah, so that thing you mentioned is like you – John Q. Citizen, Jane Doe Citizen, get $1,400. You're supposed to get 2000 Shouldn't get any of it because the country should just be open, but that would be normal policy. The You get 1400 The illegals, they're going to give New York, the illegals, $15,600. Enjoy your workday, folks. Enjoy your workday, folks. The whole thing at the border is spite. It's spite about saying, oh, Trump talked about the wall. Trump had the remain in Mexico policy. We don't like orange man Trump. He's bad. He's evil. Mean tweet Trump. So we're going to open the border and and everything's crazy. And like I said before, is that we need to use the word cruel and inhumane about Democrats who support this open borders policy. They don't care what happens to anybody. It's absolutely sick. But you're right. They just need to shut it down. And now what are they talking about, Jim? They're actually talking about restarting the border building process. The wall, it's so crazy. You know, They'll probably call it the Biden wall, too, oh, which is course, absolutely of course they insane. Will. And we still haven't seen Joe Biden down there, nor have we seen Kamala Harris, who is in charge of the whole effort down there. I keep saying every day, Donald Trump needs to make a trip down there. Yes. Just, just to thumb them in the eye that he's down there, that will have them, that will have their heads exploding like you wouldn't believe. 
as long as they can keep him safe because absolutely. the cartels are going to go. So the other big story uh, absolutely has people completely losing their mind. I have a friend who says, no, it's just smoke and mirrors. The Second Amendment, what is he? What is uh, Sleepy Joe Shuffler say about the Second Amendment? Well, we knew this was coming. This was part of their campaign mm-hmm. to go after gun control. And, of course, we've seen a number of um, mass shootings in the last few weeks, all of which, Very gee, they put, they've yeah. fallen off the front page because once they re- yeah. once it's realized who was involved, whether it's uh, NFL black players or Muslims or whatever, they have to take it off the pack page. So Biden goes yeah. out the other day and he signs six executive orders. When you look at what these were, you know, ghost guns, these are guns that you can make from a kit. They don't have a serial number. You know, the chances of the market being flooded with ghost, ghost guns because it takes a little effort and you have to know it's what you're doing to put too. it together. It's a very expensive. It's a hobby. Most people who are going to use ghost guns are doing it because when you look at the kind of models they make of them, they're of, of famous traditional weapons and people who are involved. But the whole thing on the Second Amendment, it's to criminalize Law-abiding mm-hmm. citizens who own guns, who are me- who are followers and supporters of the Second Amendment, and they've got ridiculous things. It looks good. It it's it is smoke and mirrors because some of the things he put in place are are are, are kind of ridiculous, and I don't see anything coming about it. You know, the pistol stabilizing brace. Okay, they use that because one person used it in the Colorado shooting, and it says, well, it allowed them to have better accuracy. And the rest of the stuff is 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 cosmetics. Um, you know, the serious one that I look at that I'm concerned about is the red flag laws, yeah. because this can get totally out of control. Mm-hmm. You can get into where there's I know this guy. I don't like him. He's my neighbor. He's a threat. And they make the phone call. Bad divorce. Bad divorce. All kinds of things where people will use it for retribution against, Mm -hmm. you know, neighbors, family members. And that's the real dangerous thing versus what the intent is. Listen, the other thing is, you know, closing loopholes and gun at the gun shows. There's no you can't go into a gun show and buy a gun. You might go out in the parking lot and buy a private sale from somebody at a gun show. But you can do the same thing in the parking lot or Walmart or Publix or any place on the on a dark corner. And and we know where the gun deals go down uh, in the bad parts of town. You know, those are out in the dark in some alley. That's what they need to be. And those are criminal. Those are what we should be focusing on. Not not the gun shows. Yeah. No. And DeSantis is actually coming out against that, which is really good. What there's a lot of states are going are abolishing permit required for cancel uh, for concealed carry. A lot of the states we said this before, as soon as, uh, you know, Biden got in was installed, is that the states were going to have to step up and do their, you know, assert their rights. Yep, absolutely. Tennessee this week is the 20th state to abolish permanent requirements for concealed carry. So they're basically saying, and here's what, here's the reason is, it's going to get too dangerous out there and we can't go through this process. And unfortunately, that's the way it's going to be. And uh, as as the chairman of the Hillsborough County, Florida Republican Party, I'm going to be putting a resolution for Ron DeSantis to do the same thing in Florida. You know, we need, we need, People need access to their their guns because things are going to get scary with what the what the political left is doing. Yeah. Well, they're saying we did. They just found two terrorists from Yemen in the people that were coming through the border and they have no idea who's coming through the border. The cartels could be coming. All kind of crazy people. This whole thing is about submit and comply. Don't submit and don't comply. This is we've shown them over the past year that they can basically do not me, not you, but you know, that they can basically do whatever they want and the people are just going to submit. And they always do 
They always say, you have to do something. You have to do something. Well, there are almost a million abortions every year, so I say we have to do something about that, which is to shut the abortion clinics, right? This is the... This is the, the Forceps kill more people than guns. Okay, just saying. It's sick, and I can't even take it anymore. Their their logic is just uh, insane. So HR one voting bill, absolutely devastating. It's a cheating bill. The Democrats won it. Why? So that they can cheat, because that's how they get. You know, they can't win on their ideas. But what's going on with that? You know, HR one. This is going to be a close one in the Senate. You know, it's going to come down to uh, perhaps two senators. Um, that may may budge against it, and then we have the the debate going on with with regard to uh, a couple other issues pertaining to it. I my sense is right now uh, it will not pass. It's just too devastating to America. The Democrats have tried before, and I think once people really look at it, particularly some of our senators. Um, it, it won't pass. It'll be it, if it doesn't pass. It'll be by like one vote, and this is including, you know, they're all looking at well, um, Kamala Harris may have to come in and break the tie and win it. But I, I think in the end it won't it won't pass. But you know, when you just look at some of the things, shouldn't even be that close. It, uh, <laughs> you're you're exactly right. But I mean, you know, we know how the how the Democrats are, and they're and they they are so. Uh, all over the cheating. You didn't see any Democrats come out and say, you know, we really we cheated in the election. That's not fair to the American people. They, well, they have no integrity. Of course not. So they're not going to say it on this bill either. Yeah. Uh, in the Senate. That's and what it is. It's legalized. It's legalized cheating, cheating. For Democrats. I mean, when you go in yeah. there, you know, it's going to basically make it one party voting. Republicans are going to be they're going to be using taxpayer money to give Democrats money yeah. to 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 campaign on. Yeah. You know, instead of you giving a donation, the the federal government is going to give tax dollars to Democrat candidates. How much to Republicans and conservatives? Zero. Yeah. No, not only that. So the, there is some good, you know, hopefully you have to, again, Kat Gemmick said, burn up the phones. And by the way, call Democrats. You can do a PSYOP. You can say you're a Democrat and you're not for this, okay, because the Republicans, you can say, look, the Republicans could do this if they want, so don't do it. But the other thing is so, some good news. Georgia, whatever they're squawking about it, is actually supported, and there have come out studies even from lefties that say there's nothing wrong with this bill. It's actually more, uh, it's it's actually more lenient than the bill in uh, Delaware where Sleepy Joe is from. The other thing is that Arizona, and this is something we're working on locally here in Hillsboro. Arizona said you can purge dead people from the voter rolls, so that's what you have to do. We can't, you know, there are people that are working on November 3rd, and that has to be, you know, fixed. And and I don't know what's going to happen with that. But the way you fix it long term going down the road so that any of the future elections actually count, get dead people off the rolls, find out who did this, and just hammer that over and over and over again. Because we are getting small victories. You're just not seeing it because obviously the mainstream media is not talking about it. But that's how you hammer. But burn up those phones. Listen, I have the D.C. phone number in my favorites on my phone. Okay, that's how you do it. Don't make them work for it. I should have the phone number so I, you know, put it out there. But keep it on your phone and have it ready and tell your friends to have that the same and burn up those phones. That's how you do it. Big problem, national security guy. You have about a minute. Talk about China, Taiwan. I'm very uh, concerned about this. Okay. The Chinese have conducted exercises around Taiwan. They have their one and only aircraft carrier and their battle group making uh, 
circular rotation around there. They're, it's a show of force. They're trying to uh, promote their effort that they are going to perhaps take over Taiwan. After here's they the, took Hong Kong? After they took Hong Kong. Here's the, here's the key thing. The intellectual property rights, mm-hmm. most of which in China are in Hong Kong or are in Taiwan. I've, I've been there. I've been to their World Trade Center, seen everything uh, over the years. Um, China wants it particularly because of their chip manufacturing. Taiwan has the best, mm-hmm. most capable types of, of technology to produce chips. They make them from rare, rare earth metals and precious metals. China wants it. The CCP wants it because if you control and own these, you can control every form of communications, mm. every form of electronics, and they want that. That is the single biggest thing they want out of Taiwan. So, you know, the effort is going to be there. And, I mean, this is where we have to stand strong because we can't let let this happen. And, and people are saying maybe in the next three to four or six years, China will take over militarily mm-hmm. Taiwan. Remember when Slow Joe said, they're not bad folks, folks. Guess what? They are. Okay, communists are bad folks. Absolutely. Newsflash, they're not our friends. They're our enemies, and we need to stop this. Burn up the phones, burn up the phones. Nobody even knows about this, and it will not be reported on the mainstream media. I guarantee it. It's on Bannon. You've got to watch War Room Pandemic. It's Jim's favorite show. It's awesome. He's super smart, Bannon, and he has really smart guests on, including Gordon Chang. If you know him, if you're listening, have him get on my show because I'm trying to reach out to him. You're listening to Brook Talks America. We need three more hours because there's so much going on, but we deal with what we have. See you next week on Brook Talks America. Check out the website, brooktalksamerica.com. Go to the Facebook. Go to the Twitter. Check in. Tell us what you think, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot. Brooke says, connect by email, info at brooktalksamerica.com. By Twitter, at Talks America. And listen next Saturday night for more Brooke Talks America on AM 860, The Answer.